If you want to listen to this episode or any of our episodes ad-free, you can do that now. Head on over to Patreon. Click on the ad-free level. You get all of our bonus shows that you've been hearing so much about. Plus, every single day, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, you can listen to this episode or any of our other episodes at the same time, ad-free, over on Patreon. So much has been written about Malia White, said about Malia White, hypothesized about Malia White ever since Prescription Drugs and Captain Sandy and Hannah Ferrier. But we share this interview. I think it's so interesting when you listen to these interviews, like before the big thing happened. Imagine like if we listened to an interview today with Tom Sandoval. Well, that's what we're doing like a week before the Scandoval. This was not even that long before all of that drama. It's the same person. I like Malia a lot. I like Hannah. I see both sides to this thing. We've all moved on, right? I mean, but does this interview and listening help a lot of you? I don't even know if help is the right word because everyone's entitled to their own opinion. Does it change your opinion of Malia? Do you like her better? Did you like her before? I think she's great. Take a listen to this. It wasn't that. We talk about Hannah and Captain Sandy. Was there any foreshadowing? Did they all just not like each other? Can't we all just get along? And today we share this below deck extravaganza with the one, the only, Malia White. Hey guys, this is David. Welcome back. Behind the Velvet Rope. How is everybody doing? We are here today with Malia White from Below Deck Mediterranean. How are you? Hey, I'm good. Thanks for having me. You're currently on a boat, it looks like. I mean, not that that's shocking, but it looks like you're currently on a boat. I am, yeah. I'm in the bridge, but we are in the shipyard, so I'm out of the water, actually. Wow. So where where in the world are you, and are you quarantining on a boat? I am. So I'm in Toulon, France, and quarantining on a boat in a shipyard, so... Wow. (laughs) Wow. And have you been working? Like, have you been working on, like, have you been working on this boat? Like right before quarantine? Is that how you got? Yeah. So fortunately we're still working like the life of crew really hasn't changed much because we're basically always quarantined. (laughs) So, um, yeah, we're still working, cracking on and we're just in the shipyard. So. Wow. Mothers. (laughs) So do you feel any change at all to quarantine life or is it just not really like other than the fact that no one's really coming and going? I mean, a little bit, uh, getting stuck on a boat with a bunch of crew is not always the best situation. You kind of get sick of each other, but uh, you can't go anywhere else. So it's a little, yeah, testing. (laughs) Well, I've been seeing all of your like workouts that you've been doing on the boat on your Instagram. So that's gotta be nice to be able to like work out outside, taking it from someone who's Trapped in New York City inside, it looks like yeah. so nice to be outside. We are fortunate for that. Like we can, that's the only thing we can do is work out. So I think the crew is motivated to do that at least. That's like amazing. So now what about you? Like, where are you from? Like, where did you grow up? All of that stuff. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually from Oregon. Um, 
a very, very small town in Oregon called Pleasant Hill. And okay. Yeah. Very small town girl out in the country and somehow made it here. So. Like, how did you, like, growing up, I mean, what did you want to do when you grew up? Like, did you know you wanted to do something, like, in the boating industry and yachting? Like, how did all that, or did you just want a totally different career path? I had no clue about yachting until a few, few years ago, um, but I've always been drawn to the water. My family, I have five older brothers. And, oh, wow. Yeah, and our family has always been drawn to the water. We're all scuba divers. We're all, like, big water sports people. So I've been drawn to the water for sure. I teach scuba diving and I lived in Hawaii, but yeah, yachting was like a new thing for me. Complete career change. (laughs) How was living in Hawaii? That must have been nice. Yeah, that's amazing. I love Hawaii. It's home now. My parents live there and that's there my senior year of high school. I've traveled all over the world. I've been to so many countries that I was supposed to go to Hawaii for a birthday this June, and that is now canceled. Oh, no. You'll have to go back for sure. Yeah, I've I've been to so many places. I've just never been to Hawaii. It's always, like, kind of fallen through the cracks, and it just – it looks so nice. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's the best. So this change in getting into yachting, like, two years, like, how did that even come about? Like, if you never even really knew what the yachting – like, when did that – how did that happen? Uh. Honestly, it was below deck casting. Um, I was, you know, I'd been teaching scuba diving in Hawaii. I worked on boats for sure. I worked on the water. I was essentially a deckhand, but on like small boats. And then when they reached out to me to do the show, I was like, yeah, why not? I'll try it. And I was working actually a, um, I was working in a cubicle. I was in a desk job in Denver, Colorado. And I was like, why not? I'll give it a go. What were you doing at your desk job in Denver, Colorado? I was the director of training. I used to train people on how to open up restaurants, basically. And yeah. And then I was like, well, you know what? I've never worked on a yacht. It's kind of right up my alley. I'll just give it a go. And then it changed my life. (laughs) Wow. And how did they find you? Like, they just reached out to you? Or did you answer a casting call? Or they just kind of... (laughs) To be honest, I was... um, so I went backpacking after college and my friend and I, my friend Mandy and I were backpacking through Thailand and we came back and, you know, we were broke, we were jobless and we we're like, what do we want to do? And we were maybe day drinking a little bit. It happens. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. And we saw like the amazing race and all these shows and we we're like, well, why don't we apply to some of these? And we did. And then, yeah, Below Deck was one of them. And I heard back from him and I was like, no way. <laughs> What other shows did you apply to? The Amazing Race is a great show. I would personally want to do Big Brother. I am obsessed with Big Brother. The Amazing Race, like, I would love to do it. It, I think I would be so stressed out the entire time. Yeah. But it seems... Well, I'll Big Brother, too. I'd be, like, freaking out. Did, yeah. did, did you apply to, like, all of those? Like, Survivor, Big Brother? You know, I really can't remember that much. <laughs> I think a few of them, yeah. I think... But we saw, um, like, we watched a little bit of Below Deck, and I was like, how do those people get those jobs? Like, yachting, I feel like in, a, in the States, like, we just don't know much about yachting. It's not like a common career. So I was like, how do those people get those jobs? And then next thing, Below Deck popped up. And I was like, all right. Did you watch any Bravo or Below Deck? Like you said, you watched it. Like, you weren't like, oh, I watch all the Housewives, and I'm obsessed with Shaz. It's like nothing like that. 
No, not at all. I, in fact, like I had seen a little bit of Below Deck, like just clips here and there, but really my only thought about it was, wow, that's really cool that they work on ships like that. Like, I think that'd be exciting. It was all about the boats. So I was like, that's so cool. Like I work on like a shit dive boat. It'd be cool to work on like these amazing super yachts. So yeah. That's like amazing. And so when you applied, like, how was the process? Like, weren't they like, what is going on? Like, why do you want this job? We have no yachting experience ever. I didn't make it the first time. Yeah. So I didn't make it. And then I just thought, well, that was fun. That was like a drunk afternoon with my friend. Like we did like the interview. That was cool. And then like, however many months later, um, I'm working a desk job in a cubicle in Denver, Colorado, like got my life set up in Denver and, uh, yeah, I get a phone call and they're like, we'd like to put you through again. And then it happened. <laughs> wow. So were you shocked when it happens? Like completely shocked. I mean, I think I, I have a photo of me, like all my like contents from my cubicle and I'm like, all right, I'm gonna go give this a try. <laughs> you're like, so you're like, I'm out of here. So then when you went to, start to film you know for back in season two when you first got the show were you nervous were you more nervous about like the cameras and like oh my god I'm gonna be on a reality show like did you watch below deck in between the time you got it and the time you left or were you more nervous like I've never done this job I have no idea what I'm doing I think a little bit naively I wasn't like worried about the job aspect because I just thought you know it's boat and I've been on boats but I had no clue what I was in for um, and then like the whole show aspect, I think the night before I was like, I can't do this. I really can't do this. Um, but no, it ended up being like a great experience. But. As soon as you started it, you were like, this is fine. Like, I don't even recognize the cameras. Like, this is great. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think it takes a little bit. Yeah. And then I think the hardest part is just in your, in your head, you just keep replaying things and you worry about like the smallest things like you know how you tie a fender how you do this but a lot of those things don't even get picked up in the end so you worry about every little thing but what about the charter guests like were you prepared for kind of you know like how high maintenance some of them might be with all of their specific requests yeah, I think coming from like such a small town, like background, working with the high clientele that we do work with was definitely eye-opening <laughs> for me. Like, you know, some of the stuff they'd complain about or some of the stuff they wanted. I was like, what? Who are these people? But they actually make it fun and they make it worth it. So, Like what's one of the things that sticks out in your mind where you're just like, I, I can't believe this matters to someone. You know what I mean? It was like so meticulous or just so grandiose or over the top. You know, like, you don't have to mention any names, but, like, specifically, like, what's kind of one or two things that stick out? Uh, what I always find kind of funny is, like, guests' alcohol preference. Like, you know, they just want, like, a name brand. They don't really care. And you're like, eh, you know, like, the crew's tasted this, and it really is awful. Or, like, you know, you're just paying for this name brand, but they love it. And they're like, give us this, give it us on the rocks, just keep flowing. And you're like... Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. 
With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. Oh my God, now you guys know I love drinking vodka. I talk about it all the time on this podcast. It really is my go-to to have a good time, to relax, to unwind. But right now, I'm not sure I'll ever drink vodka again because I'm obsessed with these Nebula 9 ready-to-drink cocktails. I like to say it's vodka in a can, but okay, it's much more than that. Nebula 9 has great flavored vodka, but I really am obsessed with these like cans. I mean, they're so easy. You just open the can and you drink. Each can has two shots per can. So each can, you drink one can, it's like having two shots of vodka. How great is that? Now, I told you last week, this is very serious, that my favorite flavor was the Palmy Blue Cosmo. I stand corrected. I've spent the past week with these four amazing flavors, Moscow Mule, Pineapple Passion Fruit Paradise, Grape Beyond, and the Pommy Blue Cosmo. I stand corrected. I like the Grape Beyond the best. Also, there's no added sugar. And so like, you know, sticking on my health kick, it's the summer. This also works for that. Order yours today at Nebula9Vodka.com and use promo code VELVET for 10% off your order. Of course, always drink responsibly. And of course, you have to be 21 years or older to purchase. That's Nebula9Vodka.com. Use promo code VELVET for 10% off your order. Enjoy. People and their alcohol preferences. Yeah. And like, and is it like how we see it on TV? Like where each time there's a charter, the guests really are like, here are our writers. Like we want a toga party. We want like, you know, is it that specific? Like where people really get down to nitty gritty? Yeah, I'd say in real yachting, it even gets more specific. Like, you know, there's just requests that are out of this world. Like if they want it, you know, they get it. And we go, we bend over backwards to provide these things for them. Like, you know, I remember like in Tahiti one time, a charter guest wanted like this certain type of fruit and would make that crew get up and go, you know, go to shore at like 4.30 in the morning every morning just to pick up a box of this fruit. And they would use like one or two of the pieces of fruit for their cocktails. And then we'd have these massive boxes and boxes and boxes of this fruit, but he wouldn't reuse it. They just wanted to get new ones every morning. And it was like, we have like all these crates of fruit that you're never going to use. But Wow. And how does that work? Like on like, not even on below deck, just like on like a regular yacht. I mean, is it just like one price? Like they pay ahead of time or no? Like when you throw out tons of fruit like that, like you pay. Um, so that kind of varies, but basically, you know, when you see the price, if you go online and you Google a yacht or something and you see this charter price, that's just for the boat. That doesn't include fuel, food, drinks, entertainment. That's just the starting base price. Wow. So then they have a whole nother package where they say, we're going to pay this much food, alcohol, you know, entertainment. And then anything beyond that, then we add or we take away. So, Wow. So in a way, like you're wasting your own money, really, eventually, if you just keep throwing out all this fruit every morning. Oh, no, no, no. We make them pay. Like, like essentially, like, if wow. they want to buy all this fruit, it's just coming out of the money that they've given us. So. That's crazy. What about like, have you ever not on below deck, but have you ever had like a charter where you walk on and you're like, Oh my God, like there's JLo or like, were you ever like starstruck or had anyone like really famous where you're like, I can't believe this person is on my charter. Mm, 
yes. I can't say who, but yeah, I've had a few celebrities and you're just kind of like, all right, this is cool. We're on this yacht. But you know what? It's, it's cool because you get to kind of see a different side because it's just, you know, it's very, in a way, sometimes it's very intimate, especially for deck crew because you're, you know, taking them out snorkeling or putting them in tenders and you get to see a cool side to them. And then Worth, you yeah. also see, you know, a very sassy side to them sometimes. <laughs> you know, having to tell certain people they can't wear stilettos on the teak, you know, and they're just not having it. <laughs> Have you ever had to do that? Like to tell a celebrity, like, you just can't do this or wear stilettos while? Yeah, you're like, hey, could you please not wear those stilettos on the teak? Because sometimes, you know, they don't understand that, you know, it's not us. It's we, the owner of the boat, who actually owns the yacht and you know they're just renting the yacht so they don't have the right to do whatever they want and a lot of the times they have these stipulations in their contract that say look like you have to respect these aspects of the boat and when they ignore that we have to remind them and say hey look like you're answering to this owner of the boat so yeah wow you're like "Uh, this person kind of owns the boat you're just renting the boat like i know you're a celebrity but (laughs) And you can't mention, like, are there any celebrities you can mention? I can't, unfortunately, but no, yeah. Have you ever had a celebrity on where you're just like, oh my God, like, I thought this person was going to be so high maintenance and they just were like the nicest, you know what I mean? Where you just were shocked or like the opposite, like a celebrity that, you know, doesn't seem high maintenance, seems very nice. And they were just like a biggest, like the biggest terror. I mean, you don't have to mention any names. I'm just curious. Yeah, I've had someone that, um, to me was, you know, oh, sorry. <laughs> um, I've had someone to me that, uh, is not that big of a name. And when they came on, it was like, they demanded things that like, you know, no one else ever has. And I'm like, Whoa, calm down. <laughs> like you were like hot in the eighties. <laughs> like, I don't know. So it's funny. And then I've had friends who've had like big name celebrities that act like, you know, it's, normal and they're really nice and chilled out so yeah you usually find like the people that are like can just afford it are like the worst (laughs) I I could see that I mean uh, yeah I seriously no matter how much money I ever had I can never see being someone who was like I need you to go get boxes of fruit every morning for one piece in my drink so that I could throw it out. I just, I can, I would never be that person. Even if I got a hundred million dollars tomorrow, I just wouldn't. Yeah. And most people like, you know, I've worked in the hospitality industry and essentially at the end of the day, that's what yachting is. Like we're there to just, you know, make their experience the greatest. And anyone who's worked that industry knows, like if you ever came of wealth, you would never treat people, you know, differently. So it's shocking sometimes when people do. Totally. Yeah. Totally. I mean, what is the, well, so in, what do you think is like the biggest misconception about like the yachting industry? Uh, I think a big one is, um, and maybe perhaps a little bit because of the show, but people don't realize that our job, you know, 90% of our job is when we're not on charter. Like we are, fixing the boat we're prepping for the next season we're constantly working like people say to me like you know I have charter guests that are like oh now that we're leaving you know you get all this time off and it's like we don't get time off like that's when it gets hectic that's when we're 
you know, working our butts off to prepare for the next charter and the next season. Yeah. What about like, what is like, what's the best tip? So the tips, I guess we see on below deck, is that how it works in real life? Like you get an envelope at the end and they're divided up amongst everybody. Yeah. So Typically, the guests will give the envelope to the captain and then the crew will, you know, just like you see it in below deck, that's really how it happens. And the tips based on how many days, where in the world you are, how the experience was, it all varies. And then the captain doesn't partake in the tip? Or they do? They do? Okay. So it's split. It's just split evenly amongst the number of people. Yeah, some boats do it differently. Some boats do it by rank, but most boats do it by just evenly. And then what is like the biggest tip? You know, like once it's divided up, like did you ever get just like an astronomical tip where you're like, oh my God, I can't believe I just got this much money, you know, for like 10 days or whatever? Yeah, I did a, I did like a four week charter in Fiji where I met my boyfriend actually. <laughs> um, but yeah, I did that and um, we got a pretty hefty tip. It was almost $10,000 a piece. And I just remember thinking like, oh my gosh, how, how? <laughs> this is amazing. So yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's crazy. So when you went on, so you got on below deck like in the second season and then, so you started as a deckhand and then we saw you like actually, you actually got promoted like during the season to lead deckhand. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it wasn't hard to, yeah. Yeah. I got promoted from by Wes, which some people took as, you know, a, a romantic thing, but I think luckily for me, my background in, in, uh, on like dive boats and things has helped my career a lot and like helped me to excel. So, yeah. And then overall, when the second season ended that you filmed, you had, you said that's what changed your life. Like you like went back and quit your desk job, like right after that. Yes. Yeah, so we got done filming. And then after filming, I think I went back home to Hawaii and, um, I just thought, you know, I could either go back to Colorado and go right back to what I'm comfortable with, or I could actually just give this a try. And, um, yeah, I went to Fort Lauderdale and I just started applying to jobs and I got my first deckhand job and I had that for about a year and then just kept going from there. Wow. So that's great. Yeah. But you know, it's tough. It's really tough. It was tough. Yeah. It's like, I mean, I could see it being like a tough, industry i mean i'm not necessarily a boat person so i mean to me it's so foreign like yeah i get seasick and just it's not for me but i mean i think even if you are a boat person i could see it being you know just like a tough like what do you think the biggest challenges of the job are you know it's tough um obviously the female aspect on deck um a lot of the times i was told you know it'll just be easier if you apply as a stew you know it's much easier for you to like move up and, you know, looks have a lot more to do with it. And I've been told I'm too short. I'm too, you know, little, I'm too everything. I've been told like, basically don't try to be on deck, just be a stew. Um, so that's, that's tough when people are kind of categorizing you and telling you to do, you know, certain things. But other than that, I think the hardest part is just staying motivated. Like, you know, I've had to work with a lot of, 
different personalities. And I think like Captain Sandy, like women on deck, that's just something you have to do and put up with and get over it. <laughs> who, who told you like when you went to apply for a lot of, like who would tell you, you know, why aren't you here for a stew? Why are you here for a deckhand? Like who was that? Like the captain of each of those boats well, and that like looks matter. Yeah. So a lot of the times when you go to apply, you go through like a crew agent and you'll go in and meet them in person and they'll just give it to you straight. They'll say like, look, the boat we're looking for wants blonde, you know, or some boats are really like that. They have, a, you know, the owners want a specific type of person working on there. Um, or they'll just say, you know, like I'm not very tall and a lot of the work we do on deck requires a lot of height, you know, and they'll say, look, like you're just too short. It's going to be too hard. Or a lot of boats won't hire females on deck. They're just like, we're just looking for males. So it is, it's been challenging. My first boat actually to get into the industry after below deck, I was a deck stew at first. I did both. I worked on deck, worked in the Uh industry until I proved myself on deck. And then I was like, look, like I want to be on deck. I didn't even know there was such a thing where you could kind of do both. Listen, you guys know that vodka is my go-to to kind of take the edge off, right? I mean, I talk about it all the time. You guys also know that I just moved into my Hamptons house in my LA house, and life has been a little more stressful than normal. If you could see how I've been living, literally, I mean, I'm too busy doing this podcast to unpack. So there are literally clothes all over the floor. And I just, I have friends that swear by THC gummies. And it's really not been my thing, but I'm like, listen, I need something. And my mind was racing. All I was doing was thinking about unpacking and I also couldn't sleep at night to all my friends use microdose THC gummy. So I'm like, look, let me try it out. I started with the entry level dose, which I love. They have an entry level dose. I'm like, okay, this sounds like me. The wild berry is great. And I have to say the THC gummies from microdose helped me sleep better at night. They definitely took off the anxiety. And I also feel like I'm living more in the moment and I'm not really, when I'm working, I'm not really thinking about unpacking. And when I'm unpacking, I'm not really thinking about work. So listen, check out microdose microdose is available nationwide and to learn more about microdosing thc go to microdose.com and use code velvet row to get free shipping and 30 percent off your first order links can be found in the show description but again that's microdose.com code velvet row yes yeah, worst <laughs> you get pulled in both directions and you're like Ugh. It sounds bad. I mean, it's shocking. Like, has there been any, you know, like with the whole like Me Too movement and like, look what's going on in like Hollywood. And even like we saw this, like, I don't know if you watched last season with like Captain Lee, you know, did you watch last season of Below Deck? You don't have to have. (laughs) It's okay. You don't have to say you, but I mean, it's the same, you know, it's, there was a lot of these issues that came to the surface. Like it's shocking, you know, like, do you think that yachting industry has changed or is changing you know, like to say like, we don't want women in this position is like, that's just so far behind everything that's happened in the world in the past year to two. Yeah, definitely. I think, um, I think it is changing. And I think people are starting to realize like the benefit of having women like in more leadership positions. Like, I think we just bring a different aspect to the table, you know, and when you have so like, typically when you have so many men on deck and female on the interior, it's good to switch it up. And like, we're seeing a lot more like male stewards for, you know, female deckhands or bosuns or captains. And it's good. 
because, you know, you start to understand each other more and it worked more cohesively as a team because you have one of the opposite sex on, you know, either side. So I think people are getting it, hopefully. Hopefully. And like, it's shocking that someone could still say, I mean, it's shocking that someone could say this even 10 years ago, but that they could still say like, you're not tall enough, you're not blonde enough. That's shocking. Yeah, it's tough. And it's tough to hear it. And, you know, like for me, even... I'm a little older on the spectrum for joining yachting. Um, So that's also been a challenge too, because a lot of the people that I've worked with, you know, a lot of my first officers have been younger than me or deckhands are like a lot younger than me. So there's that challenge as well. And then what is this? Because we see this on, and I mean, a lot of this is just my own lack of knowledge. You know, I'm just not that familiar with the industry. So, I mean, we see this on below deck all the time. You know, what is the policy on like a non-below deck charter with, you know, like inter like relationships? Like if you work on the yacht with like sleeping with people that are charter guests, like is that completely not allowed? Is it like by the charter? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so like okay uh after my first season on blow deck i was so worried because i was like oh my god like crew are not allowed to hook up like that's just not allowed and then i joined the industry and i'm like oh my god all crew do is hook up like it's so hard to date someone outside of yachting like it's just next to impossible um as for charter guests that is still a pretty fine line and um, that's really not acceptable Right. So like on below deck, crew can't hook up, but in the real world, crew can hook up. But but charter guests, you really, it's, that's, it's still frowned upon. Yeah. That's a huge fine line. Like, um, I know like after the first season, I got a lot of feedback. I was like, oh my God, you're hooking up with one of your coworkers. Like, you know, keep it out of the office and like, whatever. And I'm like, you know, what people don't understand is those are the only people we're around for a lot of the time and trying to date outside of the yachting is so difficult because you might not see that person for you know an entire year or two years or however long totally not to mention our schedules are hectic and so trying to keep up like communications and it no <laughs> totally which is even more shocking because like then you would almost argue like why should it matter what you look like or whether you're blonde if technically you're not supposed to be, you know, it's frowned upon to hook up with charter guests anyway. I mean, other than the fact that maybe that's their preference, you know what I mean? Like if that's frowned upon, then it's like almost like eye candy. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Or some of them like on the opposite spectrum, some of them don't want eye candy. Like, you know, there's boats out there where they're only allowed to have male crew because there's a jealous <laughs> missus or they're only allowed to have a certain type of crew because <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Mm-hmm. So like, I guess that's the thing. If you're renting and paying for a charter, you really can be that specific. Well, those are more owner preferences. Charter guests just get what they get, but yeah. Well, actually, they get like our pref- they get our they get to see our crew profile before, so they get to see who they're going to have around them, and that might make up their decision between renting our boat or the next boat. So, interesting. The first time around on Below Deck, did you have like a favorite guest, like someone that was just like, you're like, oh my god, these people are great. I did. You- yeah, it was Kenny for sure. Kenny's family. Yeah, I think I really. Um, 
you know, I saw a lot of like my family background with Kenny and Amber. Um, cause they're, you know, they're just good old country folk. And that's kind of like where I came from. And he's so humble. They're, they're all really humble and they're just completely down to earth. And that was one charter where they like engaged the crew. Like we did that obstacle course and yeah, they're just awesome people. They don't treat you like staff, I guess. Which is great. Yeah. Do you keep in touch? And we're going to get into the new season and who's coming back with you. Do you keep in touch with like, who do you keep in touch with from the season you were on, if anyone? Or have you kind of just... Um, yeah, I keep in touch with Bugs. Um, I keep in touch with Bug, uh, Bobby and Max, of course. <laughs> They're really close friends. Um, Wes and I keep in touch. Uh, I've heard from Lauren every now and then, but that's about it. I guess the two are missing is Adam and Hannah. So it's not shocking, is it? <laughs> and we're going to get into Adam and Hannah in a few seconds. Uh, and like, do they all still work in the industry? All the people you just mentioned, like do you guys run into each other, like, or just everyone kind of goes their own ways. I know Bobby, Matt. Oh, sorry. And of course, Captain Sandy. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um, yeah. So Bobby, Max, uh, Wes, Lauren, Bugsy, all still work in the industry, yeah. Um, Adam, I think, does, and Hannah, I think, just does below deck. I think so, too. So how did it come about now that you are coming back for this new season? How did that all come about? Um, I'm not really sure. I'm hoping it's because everyone's ready to see a female bosun, you know? I think having a male in that position constantly, it's just, you know, same old, same old stuff. Get ready for something new. <laughs> so you're, so Bosin is kind of like the head, the head of the deck hands, like above lead deck hand. Yeah. So, um, you would typically have a chief officer, a Bosin, and then the deck crew. Um, but on below deck, you don't really have a chief officer. So you just have Bosin. So the Bosin would be next in line from the captain and then, yeah, you're in charge of the deck crew. Have you ever been a bosun in in real life, like off below deck and any original orders? Yeah, so I'm currently a bosun, yeah, <laughs> on this boat. <laughs> so that's great. So you kind of worked your way up fast, right? Like that seems like a fast timeline. Um, yes and no. Um, I've definitely had my setbacks. Like I said, like, you know, I'd apply for bosun roles and they'd be like, you know, we have a bosun position open, but we think you'd be great for a second stew or something, you know. Um, I've definitely had my setbacks, and at times it feels like I haven't excelled at all. But, um, yeah, I think I'm doing all right now that I'm a bosun finally. Totally. So, right. So, I mean, you're the first female bosun, you know, like in below deck history. So how does that feel? I mean, that must feel great. <laughs> Yeah, that's really cool, I think. Um, I hope I do it proud. <laughs> uh, it was very nerve-wracking. I remember, like, the night before starting to film, I was like, I can't do this. Like, I'm not doing it. I'm not ready. <laughs> but, yeah. So, like, basically, that's twice. Like, both nights before you started filming, way back in this time, you were like, wait a second. <laughs> yeah. I was like, no way. <laughs> 
Did you, did you feel like any pressure, like, and, you know, just, you know, not just for the job, but like, okay, I'm the first female, like, did that bring any, like another layer, a layer of pressure, like now that the whole world's watching or that wasn't even a focus? It really isn't about like the whole world watching. It's about, um, you know, when you step into that position as a female, it's about like, you know, trying to do your best and earn the respect and you know, from fellow deckhands and whatever. And it's always really intimidating. Well, at least for me right now in the position that I am, it's really in- intimidating to step into that role and just feel insecure. I guess because you're constantly told like women don't belong in this role and women aren't going to succeed in this role. And so you, unfortunately, sometimes I doubt myself or like, you know, question how I got there. And then, you know, that can be hard. <laughs> Yeah. And how was, you know, what were the, some of the challenges like in, you know, doing this job, like on TV, like, was that like an, an, an extra layer of challenges? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, I think, uh, you know, the fact that you're constantly being filmed adds that dimension of you can't hide anything, you know, your emotions are going to show your weaknesses are going to show, your strengths are going to show, but, you know, at the end of it, like, like the ugly and the good is going to come out and you got to be okay with it. Totally. You know, like, we as people, like, on social media and all these other platforms, we tend to just show, like, the best of who we are, but during the show, you can't really hide any of that. And it's not only eye-opening to yourself, but also to the whole world. <laughs> intimidating well that's why i always thought like you know i mean look i think every show on bravo kind of has its own challenges you know in filming but you know this show is like a you're really working like it's not an easy job and b you're in such small quarters oh yeah i mean you know like i studied science in university and like the island effect it always just brings me back to like yachting like you put a certain group of people in a certain space for an amount of time there's going to be conflict. There's going to be attraction. It's just the laws of nature. And that's just a perfect recipe for this. And the other thing is that it's so unique below deck because there's also this whole other aspect of safety. Like we are still running a mega yacht on the ocean, like all maritime laws and all the rules of the sea still apply. So that's also hectic, especially as bosun, because then you have that added role of like, hey, I'm responsible. You know, I'm Captain Sandy's right-hand man, and I have to make sure that every life on this boat is safe, which while filming a TV show and dealing with all these, you know, personalities. That's what I was going to say also. You know, like there are other shows where you go to work, you know, like Vanderpump Rules and like Camp Getaway, but right, like, I mean you know, when you're on a yacht, there's a lot that can go wrong. Like that whole danger factor. Yeah. And like what you guys see, like, you know, incidents with the tenders or lines or, you know, guests getting intoxicated. Like these are all real things that we deal with and they're very serious. They have very serious consequences. Like, you know, or, you know, you've heard in the preview for this upcoming season, like drugs on board, like, that's a huge, huge thing in this industry. Well, since you mentioned that, I was going to bring that up anyway. Like, so that's some things like, you know, we saw a few things about 
coming up in this season. So one of them is right. Like, I mean, the one that I think is going the most viral is Captain Sandy saying like someone brought drugs on board. Yeah. Talking to one of the crew members. Um, well, it's either a crew member or a guest, but, um, either if it's a crew or a guest, um, the same rules apply. Um, guests in their briefing get, you know, like you're absolutely not allowed to have any drugs on board, but, um, and that's kind of saying illegal drugs, but even more so for crew, for crew, like, let's say I have a, you know, a head cold or something and I go out and get antibiotics. I'm actually legally like I have to go tell the captain that I have antibiotics because we're in charge of people's lives at all times. So if I'm under the influence of something, I need to be taken off duty. Um, so it's very, very serious for crew. And then to that point, how does that work with drinking? Like you, yeah. when the day is over, you can drink or, I mean, it, cause if everyone drinks at once, how does that work? So, so anytime that the boat is out on anchor or like off the dock, you can't drink, you can't be on any substance, nothing. Even if you're off your shift, like let's say you want to go to bed. Technically, crew can't take like a NyQuil or something because let's say in the middle of the night, there is a fire, which is really common on boats. Let's say there's a fire. Every crew member has a designated duty to do in case of fire. So you know, our job is to bring all the guests and all the crew members to safety. So you can't be under any influence or anything or like normal things. Like, you know, if people are taking Xanax or whatever, like we all get drug tested for that. None of it's allowed. Even if you have a prescription, even if you like all these things have to go through the captain, it's very, very serious. Wow. So like if you are on something like a Xanax or something, like you have a prescription, like it has to go through the captain and then what? It's like approved or like it's just nothing is, it, eventually uh, some things are approved? Well, if if you do have to take something um, and you have a prescription for it, then you tell the captain and they have to know when you're taking it and they have to supervise you taking it. Wow. Yeah, just so they can say, hey, look, if there is an emergency, this person is not on duty, you know, so. Wow. Very, very intense. <laughs> yeah, that's intense. So on below deck, like when we see everyone go out and go off the boat at night and get drunk and everyone comes and then Captain Lee's pissed off and Captain Sandy. So like if the boat is docked, yeah, that's different. Well, technically on those nights, we're completely off duty. So we're allowed to go and get loose. So on, on like a normal boat, you'll have a certain amount of crew that are on watch and during your time as a watchkeeper, you're in charge of everything that happens on the boat. So during those days, you're not allowed to have any alcohol, any substance, nothing. So you're on watch for a whole, you know, 24 hours or a whole weekend. It's like right now it's the weekends. Some people are on watch. I'm not on watch. I'm allowed to drink. They're not allowed to drink. So that's just how it goes. Uh, I don't know about this. Like no drinking. You're not supposed to have sex with any of the guests. <laughs> no, right? I guess you're allowed to have sex with your crew, but even that we're not sure about. I mean, it's okay, but I don't know. It's still a lot of fun. So when you're not on watch, you can get shit-faced and, you know, you can hook up with whoever you want to hook up with. Like, that that's crew get wild. The yacht crew parties, like, I've never seen. So. 
<laughs> well, I've seen some of it on, on below deck. Yeah. So, I mean, you must love the travel that this, like, and now you guys are in Mallorca, Spain, like that must be great. Like all these places you've gotten to go. Yeah, it's amazing. I actually did quite a bit of traveling before I joined yachting, but now with yachting, yeah, I'm constantly somewhere new, which is really cool. I'm like a big traveler. I've been to like all seven continents. Like what are some of your favorite places like you've been in the world that just like stand out? So before I even got into yachting, I've backpacked like 50 plus countries. Um, uh, I've been to, you know, I've dove Iceland, which is amazing. Um, That's amazing into like the Chuk Lagoon in Micronesia that's out of this world but yeah just all of South Africa. Africa is one of my favorites so you wait so you I mean I've been to Iceland too like you went like diving in the cold. The um you know like the 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 continents yeah where you can touch both yeah I did that. Oh wow that's cool. I love Iceland it's like the coolest place ever. It's it's really cool it's a cool place. Yeah. You need to go to Antarctica. I've been to Antarctica. That's freaking cool too. Yeah, I would love to go there. How did you did you go there by um Crucia or Yeah, so like you leave like out of um Ushuaia and, and uh down in off of Buenos like right near Buenos Aires and it takes like two and a half days to get there. You go through the Drake Passage. It's wild it's wild i mean going through the drake passage is like i mean the boat literally is like i mean they (laughs) that was like first of all i would never go to antarctica again it was amazing would i ever go back no but it was different like everybody was on the patch like everybody was i mean at first you're like it takes two and a half days to get there so you're like what are we going to do on this boat for two and a half days we brought like cards my friends you don't have a minute to yourself like there are lectures all day on like seals and the temperature and like you're so entertained on this boat because at first you're like how are we gonna just sit around on a boat for two and a half days but it's if you ever get the chance to go I, I, I I would definitely go and it's like really like going onto the land in Antarctica is crazy and someone told me they time it like I don't know if this is true so that like you don't see any other ship so like whatever ship you're on like the course of it I guess they work with the other competing companies. So like you never see another ship pass yours. That's amazing. That's like a dream come true. You know, it is. And like you, you, you appreciate it when you're there, like the glaciers and everything. But then when you come home and you actually start to look at your pictures, you're like, this is insane. Cause like your boat is like this huge boat in the pictures is like this big. And the glaciers are so tall. It's like, you you really almost appreciate it more like once you're home and you're like looking at your pictures and you're like, this was the sickest thing in the entire world. So yeah. how long were you on? Like, how long did you get to stay there? I went for like the least amount of time. I like short vacation. So it was like 11 days, which is like, I think the That's least. So yeah, it is like, like two and a half days to get yeah, that's the thing. And like, I, yeah, so I mean, that was enough for me, but there's like more advanced versions, but I'm like, you do, it's so, you know, the thing about travel is, I don't know what you feel. I feel it's like, it's so amazing, but like you become not almost jaded, but like, so like you're, you're, you're like dying to see penguins by the fourth day. You're like, okay, we've seen enough penguins. Like, where are the whales? Where are the seals? Like, I don't know. So 11, but that's, you, you, you should go if you've never gone. Yeah, definitely. But that must be one of the best things about this career of yours, that you get to travel to all these places. Yeah, that is very cool. Um, 
last last year last year i got to go to the i was a deck dive position so that means like i get to take all the death the guest scuba diving and um we went through the panama canal and to the galapagos and that was pretty epic that was on my bucket list so. that sounds amazing yeah and so right so this whole thing with like the drugs is what we see that's kind of you know standing out for the new season then we also see, I think, in part of some of the trailers, like you have conflict with Lara. Lara. Oh, really? Uh, me? I have conflict with her. I think so. Yeah. Um, Lara. A little bit. We saw in a trailer. Yeah, she's. I think she'll be an interesting character. Yeah, she's. She's spicy. <laughs> and you have not kept in touch or talked to Chef Glick. No, I haven't. No. Um, I, you know, like Adam, I think Adam's a really cool guy. Um, or when I knew him, I thought he was a really cool guy. Um, but no, I don't really speak to him. I see that he's doing well. It looks like, and that's cool. I, I think that's, you know, that's good. But. And talk to us now about Hannah. You guys had a whole season together we and did. you had, you know, you had some issues yeah he and my mind's relationship has always been confusing hasn't it like we've loved each other we've hated each other we've kind of gone on with each other um I think maybe you know knowing Hannah was coming back was a little bit of my hesitation to come back but um yeah I think we do all right <laughs> what like what was the main like you know looking back like were there issues that were like left over from last time or was it kind of just, like do you guys didn't speak throughout this whole hiatus no, so to speak no, no, I don't really speak you know we didn't speak um and coming back on the show I think we both tried to leave everything in the past which is good um but you know like the unique thing too about yachting is you build these relationships with people for lack of better terms but like below deck like when you meet someone on a personal level and you get to know them as a friend but then you also see their work ethic and their professional side. And, you know, those two worlds kind of like clash, you know, imagine someone at the office that you think, ugh, they're like, this is their work ethic at the office, but then you're constantly around that person. So I think that's very unique in yachting. So it's testing to friendships. (laughs) And like, you would think, you know, like this is a, the first all female, like, you know, the three, the two heads, like you and Hannah and Captain Sandy, you know, I mean, yeah. that must have been somewhat of a bonding experience, I would think, between you and Hannah. Oh, yeah, definitely. I, I'm stoked. It's the first, like, you know, female bosun, like, first three females in charge. And I think that's awesome. Like, I hope that there's more of that and we see it in all kinds of different shows, you know? I think totally. Out there. And what about Captain Sandy? Like, do you have you guys like kept in touch throughout the years or? Definitely. Yeah. Captain Sandy is a huge inspiration for me and she's constantly, you know, Malia, there's this captain's gig. You need to be there. Like apply now. Or, you know, she's always introducing me to these people and be like, she can captain your boat. And, you know, she's, she's awesome. And I think, I think as much, you know, even now, like me talking about my struggles in the industry, like I can only imagine what Captain Sandy went through when she was becoming captain. Like that was probably had it 10 times as worse. (laughs) So like, are there like how, 
like how rare is a female captain? I mean, I just don't know just because I don't know the industry. Is it as rare as like much more rare even than like a bosun? Or it's um, as hard? It's not, you know, there are female captains. They're out there and, you know, they're badass. They're working their asses off. But um, unfortunately, it's just still not at the same level as men. So I hate to use the word rare because they are out there. But yeah, we're still in the minority, I guess. Like females getting to work up from deck to captain is still in the lower numbers for sure. Like if you're a female on deck, people are like, whoa, female on deck, where it really shouldn't be that way, you know? Have you worked, have you done any other charters with like a female captain or is Captain Sandy or the only one? Unfortunately, no, Captain Sandy's the only one. My brother is actually in the yachting industry now and he works for a female captain and she's awesome. She's, you know, ex-military female captain and she's badass. <laughs> That's awesome. What do you like the best about working with Captain Sandy? Um, what I love about Captain Sandy is she can separate like the job from personal relationships. She can just say, look, handle it. You know, it doesn't need to be brought to me or if it does need to be brought to her, she's very fair. She's very, you know, if whether Malia did it or Hannah did it or someone else did it, um, you're going to get the same, you know, consequence. (laughs) She keeps her personal feelings out of it. Yeah, she's very fair and she's very cool. She's like, um, a thing that I appreciate about Captain Sandy that maybe didn't prepare me for the rest of yachting was, you know, Captain Sandy's like, come into the bridge, drive the boat, spend as much time, you know, learn what I know. Like she's, she, like above everything, she wants to be a teacher. And that's amazing because a lot of times you meet these captains and they're like, you know, they don't want to teach you. They've got like these big egos. So that's pretty cool. That makes sense. Have you ever had a captain like you just don't get along with you where you're just like, this charter's great, but this captain sucks and I can't wait to get the hell out of here? Yeah, I had a captain tell me that um, he was like, look, I love that you're, I was a first mate at the time. And he said, look, I love that you've given a deck a try, but you can either be the chief steward or you can go because I won't hire females on deck. Wow. And I was like, all right, I'm going then. <laughs> seriously what about when you do all these like how is below deck perceived like in the industry like when you do all these other charters are people like do people talk about below deck are they like oh my god like do other captains ask you like what is captain sandy like like is it kind of like or is it like oh it's a tv show this is the real thing right here like is it looked down upon like or is it like revered or um i think it's getting better i think when when Below Deck first came out, a lot of the crew and captains were like, I would never hire someone that's done Below Deck. You know, like, I've heard that too. Like, you know, really? he says, Captain Sandy, they're like, you've done Below Deck. We're not hiring you. Um, but I think it's changing now. Like, they're actually realizing, wait, hey, this could be good for the industry because um, I worked a really heavy charter boat and most of the charter guests that came on, they'd say, oh my God, like you were on below deck. And that's like a conversation starter and a way to break the ice with all the crew. Um, so I think it's changing and people are respecting it a lot more, which is cool. But that's cool. Time crew make fun of us. <laughs> what? Yeah. Interesting. Was there, I guess, what, like, what was the biggest misconception about why people were like, I'm not hiring you because you were on below deck? Was it like, that's a TV show, you don't really work on the show? I mean, which is not true. 
Yeah, I think so. I mean, who knows? It might have been jealousy. It might be, you know, you're on TV. Um, um, another interesting thing is some boats, you know, don't want the attention. They might have an owner that's very high, you know, very high clientele that regards privacy. So um, they just don't want the attention. So, yeah, it all there's a bunch of different reasons. But. Interesting. And yeah. then do you see, like, to your point, like, people recognize you, like, when certain charter guests come on, it's like, oh, my God, I need a picture with you. You're on below deck. Yeah. That, it's always fun. It's, you know. I actually were um, about one of my owners, the owner of the boat, um, she came on and she was like, oh my God, you're my new crew member and I've watched you on TV. And that was cute. Like, That's know, funny. Cool. Yeah. Have you ever worked with anyone on Below Deck, whether it's your season or any other episode of Below Deck, like off Below Deck, like on any of your charters, like from any of the... Uh, no, I've never chartered or worked with anyone from Below Deck. I've worked with Bugsy's little sister, but that's about it. <laughs> And do you still not watch, like, do you watch, like, are you going to watch this season? Like, do you watch other shows on Bravo or still you're not? I mean, listen, you're traveling, you have a busy life. I'm not saying everyone should sit home and watch Bravo, but do you watch any Bravo now? Um, I catch things here and there, but we don't get um, live TV. So um, I just catch whatever comes out. And um, I didn't really finish my first season. I couldn't watch it. <laughs> but, um, I think I'll watch this season for sure. That's good. Have you, ever- you know, I told my brothers they could watch this season. So <laughs> Sometimes it's hard to watch yourself on TV. So weird. It's just unreal. <laughs> I feel the same way about these lovely shows that I do. Sometimes I start listening and I'm like, I, I, no, no, thank you. I, I need I to. Feel just- like my voice sounds weird. Yeah. Like, I'm like, I'm. Watch- Say that. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I'm, I'm not down for this. I'm like, I hope everyone else enjoys because I'm going to exit stage left right now. <laughs> um, what about, have you ever met Captain Lee? I haven't yet, no. Um, I've seen, uh, like, he is in Fort Lauderdale quite often, but I haven't actually ever met him. I haven't met him or Kate, actually. No. Yeah, that was my next question. I was going to ask you if you ever met Kate. No, I've never met Kate. Mm-mm. She lives in New York now, so in New York City. Yeah, I heard that. Um, no, we've actually never met in person, no. And where do you live? Are you just like, tra- like, do you even have a home? Or you're just like traveling from job to job? Like, Currently France. <laughs> yeah. Um, I kind of have nice. a home base a little bit in Florida just because that's another yachting hub. Um, but yeah, just France, I guess. <laughs> Do your do your parents and like to your point brothers like does your does your family watch the show or? <laughs> um, my brothers died. <laughs> uh, no, they did watch it. They're they're stoked for me. Um, I think for them it's just you know like a fun experience. And my parents, yeah, my whole family's seen it. They're totally. excited for this season. I'm excited for this season. I think it looks like a great season, and I think it's you know coming out at the right time, like over the summer, I think it's going to be great. Like, where do you see yourself like in five years? Like, do you want to, you know, is this your career like now forever? Like, do you see yourself staying with this? Like, what is your plan? Not that you need to have a plan. Sometimes I feel plans don't, are not the best thing for life, but what's your thoughts? Yeah, I'm not really a plan maker, but um, yeah, I think I've decided like, this is my career and I've, put my head in the books like the last couple of years. So I have my, um, 200 ton captain's license right now. 
um, and I'm doing my modules to become an officer. So I, in the next five years, yeah, you'll probably see me step up to officer and captain, hopefully. So That's amazing. Yeah. Maybe one day if Captain Sandy is ready to retire from below deck. Yeah. We'll see below deck Mediterranean (laughs) with Captain Malia White. I don't know about that, but maybe. (laughs) That would be amazing. Uh, Is there anything else you want to leave us with? Like before we depart, like, do you feel like we covered everything? Like I always like to give people a chance to say whatever else it is like that they would like to. Uh, I think we've touched base on everything. I think, um, I think you're going to see a different side to me this season. And, you know, I think when it got announced, I saw a lot of like negative feedback about me coming back. Cause I had like a love triangle the first season whatever, but you know, I think when you watch a TV show, you sometimes forget that there's a real human behind there that's growing and living with these experiences. And so I hope people will stay tuned to see, you know, the Malia you're going to get this season, which is exciting for me. Which is going to be a different Malia than the last time around. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. And you currently have a boyfriend now. I do. Yeah. You mentioned it in the beginning. So I feel like it's okay to bring up. And did did you, did you have a boyfriend during the filming of the show? Yes. Yeah. We've been together for almost two years now. He's also in yachting and um, yeah, it's pretty serious which is something I never thought I'd say. (laughs) Yeah. And he's no one that we've seen on Below Deck in any form? No, 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 no. No. So then that means... (laughs) So I guess I have a type. (laughs) He's a chef? Yeah, he is a chef. Mm. So that means we have no love triangles from you on this season because you had a boyfriend the whole time. Well... You would hope. <laughs> we'll have to stay tuned, I guess. Yeah, he will. <laughs> That's amazing. I not that much. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> I think it's going to be a great season and everyone is going to see, you know, maybe a different side of you and we'll have to keep in touch via DM during the season. I'll have to give you my thoughts as the season goes on. Please let me know what you think. <laughs> so I really appreciate you, you know, especially, you know, you're in France, you're on the boat. So I know you're busy, but I really appreciate you taking your time to kind of sit down and chat and we'll definitely keep in touch and I'll keep you posted when this episode is coming out. Yeah, of course. Thanks for having me and giving me this opportunity. It's nice to say our side of things. <laughs> Absolutely. Everyone, I hope you've enjoyed Malia White from Below Deck. Check in on the new season and thank you so much. Of Thanks for listening to yet another episode of Behind the Velvet Rope. Because without you listeners, I would just be a crazy person with voices in my head. And if you like what you hear, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe on Apple Podcasts under Behind the Velvet Rope. And when you're done subscribing, feel free to leave a five-star write-up review because the write-up reviews actually count. We read each and every one of them. We post the best ones and the reviews really help our shows keep going. And we really appreciate everything you guys say, especially the positive ones. And if you want to find us online, we're at Behind Velvet Rope on Instagram. We are at David Yontef on Instagram. We're behind the Velvet Rope on Apple Podcasts. 
or head on over to Patreon because you know what? There are just some things we can't talk about here. So for our bonus episodes, go to Patreon and type in Behind the Velvet Rope. And if you still aren't sick of me and you want more David, go to Cameo and book me on Cameo. And you can ask me anything there. I'll answer whatever you want. And I have a bargain basement price of $10. Thank you guys. See you soon.